1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com.
2: Hey there, welcome to the latest Driven Chat podcast. Thank you very much for taking the time to download us today. I hope you're telling your friends. I hope you're enjoying it because we have a bit of a special one for you. We have taken up residence in, well, you know, we love Caffeine Machine. We're a bit obsessed with it here and we're hanging out quite a lot. And what we've done is we've taken up residence in room number eight, also known as the Haunted Room, (laughs) which I'm absolutely buzzing about. Now, the... uh, (laughs) The mutterings of appreciation that you can hear are the lovely Amy Shaw and John Marker, your pod regulars. Hello, you two. Hello.
0: hello. hello. And Can we also blame any, any sound irregularities on the ghost? Can we, can we say that now? Anything yes. sounds weird in this podcast. It's, not, it's nothing we've done wrong. It's the ghost.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an excuse. We're going to work with it. <laughs> We're going to work with it. And I'm very pleased to say our, our special guest for the day... It's Al Clark. How are you doing, Al? Very, very well. well. Filmmaker, man of motoring, owner of many cars, and a man who likes to drive around occasionally uninsured for a while.
3: It's it's one of those things that we all love to do. You know? <laughs> Did yeah. we just yeah. hear
4: that not one of your cars is currently? We <laughs> all need a little bit of something um, to make them road worthy, the, the, road the pro- legal. Yes. I mean, the, the problem <laughs> the
3: problem is when it's like I think imagine trying to like insure a load of like kittens or something like that. They're, they're just <laughs> running around the West Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely unmanageable, and you have to try and do all the paperwork and tell the owners where they are and what's going on, and I keep forgetting to do
2: little bits and pieces. So. Just just dazzle us with the fleet, Al. Uh,
3: so I currently run uh, uh, a 996 Porsche GT3, which is magic. i you have it here today, it's outside, it's, it's looking GT3. beautiful. Uh, Honda NSX, the original. Of course. Yeah, best. Uh, I have a 1986 Toyota Corolla, the rear-wheel drive twin cam version, which is drift car which is also my favourite car. (laughs) Um, And then I have a, I've recently picked up a Honda Integra Type R. Oh, my favourite car. Love (laughs) those. One of the best gearboxes out there. Unbelievable. (laughs) Isn't it great? Just what a thing. Such a screaming little machine. Um, They don't, they really don't make cars like that anymore um and then my other favorite car is my daily which is my e63 i'm sure i have something oh
0: yeah i've got a <laughs> Mitsubishi
3: evo 5 as well. yeah and we're going to talk about that in a bit because it's the most
0: ridiculous story ever both brilliant and frustrating and heartbreaking at the same time yes none of those for you it's, it's just brilliant for you but yeah for for me as al's mate and uh, all our other mates we are a bit perturbed but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that hmm. we'll, we'll get to how you ended up with a what we'll call the Freevo 5. The Freevo. The
4: Freevo, Freevo.
0: yeah. All oh, right. Because I'll
4: It's
0: already branded. <laughs> have you Freevo branded it? <laughs> well, there's the hashtag out there. I'm
3: going to try and make it trend after this podcast.
2: <laughs> I actually, I can't wait. I need to hear this let's story. Let's do it now. If yeah. We, if we get, we, we will forget and all this us <laughs> yeah, the tangent. story now.
3: Yeah. Where do we begin?
0: Well, should we start with, so we, so Al and I, full disclaimer, full disclaimer, Al and I are friends. We have been for about 15 years. 20 years, forever, I don't know. It's a long time. We it's both knew much. each other from Wimbledon, home-home, and now we both live in the West Midlands, we both live in the same village, and we've been car friends. We met properly at the Nürburgring, didn't we? So that's, that's correct, yeah. That's how you, you know, that's where you meet your car mates. So we <laughs> met at the Nürburgring, figured out we actually both lived in the same town, and the rest is history. All very bromantic from that point onwards. So yeah, Al has done very well in in, in his work and has, has got an awful lot of cars, and as you might have seen uh, on social media and online and everywhere, there seem to be a lot of these car competition websites that have popped up so you can buy a raffle ticket or answer a very easy question and you get into the you get a ticket number the ones that are
4: always in like airports and you think nobody wins so exactly
0: cars. like that so yeah like the <laughs> otb they they were kind of the original ones but now you've got companies that are coming along um and just they're, they're up they're marketing slightly more uh, attainable cars, shall we say? And so, rather than. Lynch all, has started doing them. Has he got has one? He? Right. It doesn't surprise me at all because it seems everybody except me <laughs> is running a car competition website and I am seriously considering doing it. But yes, so Al and I, in our circle of friends, We've kind of kept a close eye on these competitions. and thought, oh God, yeah, a bit like you said, Amy. How legitimate can they be? Mm-hmm. Are people actually winning these? And then uh, a distant friend of ours goes and wins a Lamborghini Huracan, mm. which we thought, of all the oh cars. blimey,
3: that's
1: uh, <laughs> it's uh, real, it's real. Wow, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So and
0: that, then we we waited for that. We were like, I've won a Huracan. Like, no, you haven't. That'd be ridiculous. No one does that. No one actually wins. <laughs> Least of not you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was a friend of ours called Matthew, otherwise known as Mitto, quite a big name in the world of drifting. Um, Uh, Mito wins himself a Lamborghini and we all go,
3: well, uh, how hard can it be? We'll have a go
0: at that then. So then another friend of ours, Richard, who works for a company that we're all very well associated with, Driftworks, um, he decides to enter a competition to win a Ferrari 458 Italia and... uh, and he won. He won the car. I'd just like
2: to say, at this moment in time, John is getting greener and greener. <laughs> he is. As he, as he, he tells is. these I've turns. even
4: worn my green shoes. And green shirt, don't forget. <laughs> You're just all green now. Yeah.
0: Um, so Don't forget,
3: before that, someone else we knew won a Nissan gt And at this yes. point, it's all
0: starting to feel a bit suspicious. You're going like, hang on, look. It can't be that easy. And it cannot be that the, easy. And everyone that had one was kind of loosely linked. Yes. So we were thinking we all, all around of, the yeah. world of drifting. So we're like nah, this is, this is fishy. Nah.
3: I mean, they were obviously from three different companies and there was three different, you know, there, there's no, there's no actual link yeah. there, but there was a link and, mm-hmm. and we we're all, you know, we got so angry when Rich won his Ferrari, obviously we're <laughs> super happy for you, really happy for you. Rich. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> well you. done, well done, <laughs> we're really angry about it. So we thought, well, how hard can it be? And I was, I was with my friend, we were watching the Formula One and we were saying like, do you know what? Let's go and see what we can win. Let's win a car tomorrow. Yeah. So we went online, went on, um, I went on a uh, dream car giveaways and, uh. And uh, there was like a, there was a there was a GTR on there as well. I thought I can have a GTR. Why not? Yeah. So I bought some tickets of those. I bought. They were like two ninety nine. So I bought well, ten of those. And there was an Evo. I didn't even look at the pictures of it. I just saw an Evo five. I was like, I definitely have an Evo five.
0: But the funny thing was, not a very long time ago, you had basically said because <laughs> yeah. Al's got this wonderful collection of cars, and Al actually said, "What I would quite like is a homologation rally car, maybe like an Evo five or yeah, something." Or Subaru, so they, yeah. In my yeah. opinion, you've. Uh, You've I've made manifested the universe it. think about it. You've manifested yeah. it in the universe. If you believe in that sort of stuff, you're going to be sat at home listening, going, that's exactly what's happened. I don't believe in that stuff, but you could, you could say that that's happened. Absolutely. So and you planted that.
3: Yeah, so we did. We bought some tickets, and we thought, like, well, that's great. We're going to win these cars tomorrow. We'll have a nice time, etc. The next day, he turns around, and um, I've got my dinner in the oven, and... I thought I'll just have a quick cup of tea and win this car quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat down. So we
4: sit down watching the lottery every Saturday night, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna win it this yeah, week." But I'm, already I'm not, spending it. Absolutely,
3: and I'm not a gambling man, but I thought like, well, you know, I've bought two tickets, I'm bound to win. Well, five? Oh, I bought five tickets with the Evo, sorry. Anyway, so the thing comes up, and it's the, they go through the cars and go, "Here are the cards that we're going to draw tonight." And then all of a sudden, they say, "Let's do the thing." And what they do is they do like an online random number generator between the numbers of your tickets. So it's absolutely foolproof, can't be can't be messed with. And they did the Evo first, and the number came up. <laughs> and I sat there for about 15 minutes, unable to really work out what to do with anything, whilst my partner, Joanna, was bawling with laughter so hard that she was crying at the ridiculousness of the situation. And the problem was like, what do you it was so and I remember messaging John and going, so it was something really <laughs> casual. I won that Evo, by the way. It was like, of course you have. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's, I mean, and, and it is a, and this is a, the really nice thing about it, is a nut and bolt restored Evo 5. Wow. And it is like a brand new car underneath. That's and ridiculous.
2: So talk us through the, once you win, okay, because, I mean, you know, Amy and I are about to sort of discover what this feels like as well. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're, yeah. we're, yeah. we're always going <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. Get, get a couple of it. weeks or so, but yeah. John obviously is never going to win anything and he's just <laughs> surrounded by people that are this. <laughs> <so. laughs> I want to know what's going to happen to me, like next week. Obviously. Yeah, yep. we got some lockdown challenges, but I reckon we can work around mm. it. So, you you have the winning ticket. Do they then contact you? Do you have to phone them? Is it a bit Willy Wonkery? You have to show up at the gates. Uh, they do
3: call you. They do sort of a hello. Is that is that John? And they go yes. And he goes like it's 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 such and such from Dream Car Giveaways. Good news, you, you want a car. And you hear this sort of person fainting in the background. Whereas I didn't get a phone call until like sort of they finished the online stream. But they said like hey, you won this EVO. I was like, I know. That's ridiculous. And they said, when do you want to come and get it? I said, well, wh- how do we do it? They said, Like, well, turn up and we'll give you a key. And
5: <laughs> yeah, I said, is incredible. that it? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Well,
3: w- what else do you want to do? i like, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we might take a photograph with you. <laughs> and we got there. And and it was literally that. It turned up. There was a brand new EVO 5 there, like something out of a Gran Turismo garage, which is sort of what my entire life seems to be turning into. And... <laughs> It was amazing. And you just get given the key to a car, and they go, there you go. Yeah, Off you that's thanks it. very much. Off you go. Off you go. Yeah. Drive safe. Thanks very much. And then after spending two hours trying to find an insurance company that would insure it. Yeah, how does
4: that work? Do they not, like, you know when you when you go to, like, the vets the first time and say, here's insurance to your cat for the first, for the first like, two weeks. Do they do the same with cars? So they do, in,
3: in some cases, when, you've win, when you win a Ferrari that's worth 120 grand, so you might get anyone wins it. And probably, it sounds great winning a Ferrari, but mm. if you're you know, a normal human being, not everyone can afford to just suddenly start running a Ferrari 458. You can't insure it, you can't petrol in it, et exactly. yeah. So they give you £5,000 extra towards running costs as well. So even if you run it for a year and then sell it, you've had your fun.
2: Are you allowed to sell it? Is there, is- Absolutely. Yeah, you don't even allowed. need to take it's the car.
3: You could just, in some cases, you can just take the cash. Huh. But um, that is this whole line, online competition thing. And now, obviously, I got um, unbelievably lucky but the thing is, they do draw. Like all of these companies seem to draw like four to five cars a week, and they're really cool. Like the really cool created curated cars. They've got. I mean, there was a eight hundred and fifty horsepower Audi Quattro UR the
5: mm. other
0: week.
3: You know, didn't yours, didn't, yours you didn't for Did you try a ten- and win that, John? I did try and win that. I genuinely <laughs> did. I bought tickets for that. I was
0: like, yep, that, I'd look good in that. Okay, so, be yeah, yeah. That'd so, be
4: a good soon, car. As soon as we stopped recording this, Andy, you and I, we will go on more <laughs> I'm more, I'm like, I'm this. I'm genuinely, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, what is it? Like, it's a website where you can, like, list, like, it's a list of cars that you're absolutely, like, absolutely, yeah. Okay, I'll, yeah. I could go for that or that and that. And then, yeah. My
3: understanding is, and I tried this, is that BOTB is, is one of the hardest ones to win. They have a ton of cars on there, but you have to try to pick where a football is. Whereas on my competition, I had to say, what car is made by BMW? Is it the M4, the Fiat 500?
0: Yeah, that's or right. Or the Ford Focus?
3: You know, <laughs> like, so you have to answer Even a, I could answer that.
2: question of it's skill. It's a Ford
4: Focus, isn't it?
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Amy and John aren't going to be winning anything anytime soon. If it makes you feel better, they're
3: definitely people that got it wrong because oh, they wow. sell them out and they don't have all the, Which means that someone said that the owner of the BMW make a Ford Fiesta. Yeah. Also, you can enter for free. You don't have to pay at all. Theoretically, You, you just have to give them s- all s- your details. You send
2: a postcard in. Oh, the answer
5: on that's Jesus all you have to do. Is yeah.
2: cards. Huh. That would. Do you know what? I'd quite like to win that way because John would be really he would be so really <laughs> frustrated with yeah. that. And the price of a keep... second
3: second class yeah. stamp. <laughs> <laughs> and wherever yeah. you go, you have a little you have a little like picture of it in a frame. Just pop it on the desk. That's see <laughs> John every single time. Just send out like
2: six postcards. Exactly. Win four cards off the back of it. John's furious. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they have a thing where it's like actually. We we won't let a postcard win.
5: Do you know I, what I mean? I wonder I, if yeah, it's like
0: I did. The the, uh, the cynical side of my brain did think that as well. I thought oh, surely they're going to go. Well, we'll just pop that in the pile over there, and <laughs> oh, it's gone in the bin. But to but, be fair, though, I think they there's no reason for them not to do it legitimately.
3: Because I think the number of people that want to do that is so slim. I think they get about yeah. like 20 per
0: car. Well, it's the convenience thing, isn't it? We, as humans, we're inherently lazy. So it's like, yes, I could enter for free. All I need to do is go and get myself a postcard and affix a stamp to it and write the address on and write my address and write the other. And when oh, was the I'll last just time a you bought a postcard?
4: And, yeah, where do you even buy a postcard? I mean, I bought one last week. but I was <laughs> on a trip. I'm a pretty prolific postcard. Oh, really? Yeah, when you go on holiday, send a little postcard back. Do you not do that anymore? I've
2: got an idea
0: what driven chat postcards <gasps>
2: yes. that we that we send in we to try s- and win cars
4: <laughs> we <laughs> <wish you laughs> <were stamp.
0: laughs> we'll, we'll pre-stamp them and then sell them with a slight markup on the stamps for the sole purpose of people being able to enter these competitions we're that providing one. a service to the aspiring car owner making approximately 6 pence a postcard i mean profit, sell profit. at least 100 you I could think. even do a competition to win the postcard. win the postcard. <laughs> <laughs> Why send you a carrier
5: pigeon
2: <laughs> it's certainly taking a tangent I wasn't expecting no, yeah, and dude. it's done it so early on what I liked about this is before we pressed record John gave us one instruction which is no bum jokes no willy jokes because he's, <laughs> he's bored of being hashtag sexy time so we've, we've we kind of understood that wasn't allowed but I thought we'd be getting into a deep dive Al has had an amazing career in, in <laughs> filming phenomenal cars and doing incredible things and winning awards and doing all sorts of amazing stuff what are we going to talk to Al about Winning a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, it had to, it had to 13 be 13 and up. a half minutes about winning a car. 100% the most exciting thing that's But
4: I mean, if this me. 13, 13 and a half minutes means that you and I, Andy, get to win a car as well. I'm good well. with
2: it. Let's make it 16. Let's do it. It's yeah. true.
0: Yeah, it's true. So I guess we probably should talk about your prolific career. Yes. Because, you, you, you know, you've, you've done all right, Al, haven't stuff. you, in the world of cars and had a go. filming and stuff. <laughs> um, and I think we've had a conversation in previous podcasts where... Um, we often feel like, for a few of us, I certainly feel this a lot. I get real imposter syndrome when I figure out what I'm doing in the world that I'm now working in, and I haven't really studied or tried very hard. Or maybe tried very hard. That's not fair on myself. I haven't tried very hard to make it work, but I, I certainly haven't qualified or or studied or done anything in the world that I'm now earning a living from. And you're you've kind of done the same thing, haven't you? In the sense that you've excelled in a world which is, from the outside, people looking in thinking, I need to go to university and study this, I need to have a good knowledge on how to do that, and I'll let you explain what you do and, and you know, why you're so good at it. Uh, but yeah, effectively, I'll, I'll, I'll intro that by saying... You make car films, and you're
3: they doing all right good. from making <laughs> it. Very sweet.
0: Uh, it's a very, very sweet intro. Um, yes. Yeah,
3: so I, I, I make car films, um, and I think when I've tried to explain that to people who don't work in anywhere close to the industry that you make car films, they go,
4: "What's your real job?"
3: Yeah. What is that? What do you <laughs> mean <laughs> you make car films? Is that like a, is that like a film film? You go, "No, no, it's just a film about a car." And they go, "Who watches that?" Mm. And millions then, and millions. Turns and of out people. millions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Turns out people like cars. Who knew? and um it all really stemmed from um again one i think so many people in this industry wanted to escape that horrible um uh, sort of I, I would only consider it to be an oppressive office-based world where the corporate machine was just you know it sucks the life out of people who have got any aspiration beyond looking beyond a grey computer screen and obviously not everyone can be can escape those clutches and not everyone needs to escape them because sometimes people are actually really good at that part but for me it was absolutely killing me and it was um and i was working in a re- i was working in the music industry but it was not something that i wanted to pursue because i wasn't able to be creative anywhere in part of that i was basically you know became a gl- it, it went from being sort of quite a technical job to a glorified admin role okay and um the i knew very much uh, the second I handed in my notice that whilst I had no idea what I wanted to do, I knew that I wanted to go and do something that was allow me to travel, see the world, meet people, do things, and you know, really kind of take my interests and turn that into a, a way of making a job. I happened to choose to do this at about the right time when the entire filmmaking industry became flipped on its head when you could suddenly make a film yourself, and that was pretty much with... Advent of the um, Canon 5D mod mm-hmm.
2: 2 Yep, DSLR. The DSLR camera, mm-hmm. yeah, and which which came out because of Slumdog Millionaire. It, it was. Is that the reason? I mm. oh. don't know. That. Because they couldn't fit the actual movie cameras down the streets. No. Oh wow! They were too narrow. Huh. So this amazing DOP discovered that he could kind of cheat it using his his little DSLR. And that's how they managed to get those amazing scenes where they're going through the narrow yeah. alleys and stuff. That's amazing. And a whole new industry was born. Huh, fantastic. So, you know, we have quite a lot to thank. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I remember that um, one of the first times they sort of legitimised my like knowledge of the camera was it was, like I said, a house or something where it's a very claustrophobic episode where, like, some building collapses on someone and right. they had to have this camera angle under some rubble and you can't fit, you know... Anything like a, you know a professional, or at that, that time anything sort of professional broadcast quality in that space, and I'd been, I'd, I'd sort of started off trying to um, work out how to. I had a much more simple view because I didn't really know, have any any idea how any of the industry worked at all. And but what I did know how to do was go to track days, which I used to do with some friends and drive cars around, and I worked out that at that point, like people wanted to video track days because GoPros hadn't really been invented at all yeah. they didn't exist um everything was on like a hardwired bullet cam to these sort of expensive so little sony cameras onto a recorder that basically recorded potato quality video mm. but it was you and i could rent those systems my idea was like i can rent these cameras out to people on track days burn them to a dvd at the end and there we go and that was the plan and um and then i managed with a little bit of inheritance from um a family member the, I, I bought a, a sort of a, a like a like a, hand, like a professional-ish handy cam that had a nice big zoom on it, and I basically thought, well, if I take some video of people on the outside of the track as well, and sort of splice that into their DVD, well, it'll just sort of spice it up a little bit. And then someone saw one of those and said, "Hey, do you want to come and film me doing some testing?" So I went and made a film with them doing some testing, and then that sort of spiraled into something else and something else. <laughs> and then, as with so many of these things in this world, like I ended up going. So it was all about who you meet and when you meet people at the right time. And I happened to me, um, I'm quite heavily into the sort of the drifting world. I love going out and sliding a car around and um, getting all the people who do real racing really angry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I went to film a drift event in Wembley, which was like, the f- I think, one of the few times we have been able to do it because it makes a right old mess. And we put this video together. And whilst drifting may not be technically the most advanced sport in the world, it's one of the most visually spectacular. It's incredible. Mm, yeah. Y- yeah. The, you know, the, the smoke, the drama, the yeah. crashing, the sliding, it's the noise. Dramatic and Incredibly dramatic. And it's sort of, you know, it's all the best parts of motorsport without the winning. <laughs> 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 um, and it's also you know super, super stylish and that sort of thing. Or at least it was. But we'll come on to that. And um, I filmed this event and we put it out. And it was the first kind of video that I ever put on YouTube that went viral. And it was... You know, it was the first. You know, I, numbers. You know, it was basically a viral video in those days. Was you know, the panda that sneezes? Yep. You remember the panda that, yeah.
4: that yep. sneezes? Yep. that, that, that Charlie bit my finger. Charlie yep. bit my finger. That sort of thing. <laughs> I think and that Charlie's um, now like twenty-one years old or something like that. Oh so yeah, he's the head of Deutsche Bank or something. <laughs> yeah. <like that>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's gone so far now. But and that but that was my first viral video. Wow. And then that got picked up uh, by someone else. And then a friend of mine, um, Jochen, who runs. Or who is Frozen Speed, based out of Nurburgring, amazing photographer.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Um, he uh, got contacted by someone at car magazine and said, "Hey, look, we need to review this car. Do you know anyone who could perhaps video it for us?" And this was just as the internet was starting to burgeon with media, because like broadband had just about got to that speed where you could mm-hmm. actually watch stuff and not like rinse your phone bill and that sort of thing. So the video time was really kind of picking up and taking off. And uh, I got this phone call and they said, hey, look, do you think you could video this for us? I was like, I'd love to do that. And that was my first paid job. And that was for Car Magazine and we were filming the Bugatti Veyron Grand Sport out
2: in <laughs> <laughs> um, So As a first, as a first paid gig, that's yeah. not bad, <laughs> yeah. is it?
4: Yeah, in at the deep end. It
3: was really in at the deep end. And were,
4: you, were you still doing the music job at this point? No,
3: I'd, I'd long quit. Okay. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd managed to escape that, and I was really sort of full-time into it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. really making good money from yeah. it. it. hadn't been, it had. It was like It was like an advanced hobby. Yes. So
2: you were making most of your money by winning cars and selling them that was, <laughs> that was the main issue. Yeah, exactly. and i thought this
3: can't continue i was spending a fortune in tickets and you know and even then well the,
2: uh, postcards at least post- yeah,
3: thousands of postcards yeah the postman was so angry um and uh at that point you know so we start at the top and made this video and this was kind of like a test and like car reviews obviously top gear was huge at that point it really kind of gone into its stride and it totally it absolutely um inspired me to sort of make videos the way it did and you know and subsequently i've ended up working with a lot of those guys now on projects that i've worked on and still you know still the same crew on top gear still making amazing tv and um yeah and we did all sorts of bits and pieces and then that's spiraled further into eventually creating commercial stuff which i you know, i did one for jaguar and then that turned into something else and in the last sort of years now i'm sort of doing action. Um, coordination on Bollywood car chases and like nice big Luxie adverts for luxury brands.
2: Amazing. I think
0: it's fair to say, if you as a car fan, if you have an interest in motoring, even if you're not a massive car fan, if you've ever seen at least, let's say, three videos involving some sort of cinematic car feature, chances are you were either the man holding the camera or you had the director role in it. Because I think there are so many... There are, you know, the the internet is flooded with amazing car videos, but the ones that get the attention, the ones that people really actually sit up and go, have you seen this? The ones that you get sent in a WhatsApp group going, have you seen this video? So many of them are now yours. And it's hilarious when I go to, I've been at airports and seen, you know, the the Jaguar stand where they're showing off the new F-Type or something. And there's a video playing in the background. I'd be there with a friend and go, oh, yeah, my mate made that, actually. That's, uh, yeah, that video, I remember him editing that in the, in the office we used to share. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it it's is crazy. absolutely amazing. And I think um, if anyone's sat at home going, well, I don't know. I don't know if I have seen one of Al Clark's videos. Um, what I will say is Bugatti sheer on speed record. Yeah. I think that's, that's the one I'm going to mention because that's the one that in recent years... Um, i say in the last year, is it? Because it was a lockdown idea of yours, wasn't it? I'll let you tell the story. There's a brilliant, uh, a load of internet controversy that came out when there was a film showing the Bugatti Chiron breaking the land speed record. And of course, everyone asked the question, because it's it's filmed, as you can see, from a tracking car. How on earth did they film a car doing the top speed from another car? What car was it? So people were saying... There were wonderful rumours, people saying yeah, it was yeah. a Supra with 10,000 you know, 10, horsepower and this, that and the other. But uh, Al, why don't you tell us Is what... Damon
2: th- Hill in a Formula One car. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah.
0: Obviously, it was that level of ridiculousness. Yeah. There's no other way that you could track a car doing that sort of speed. So people therefore were saying, it, surely it wasn't doing that speed. But Al, what tracking car did you use to film a Bugatti Chiron doing, what was it, 250? 200 something like that, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, it was, um, unsurprisingly... Another one,
0: which <laughs> it was a Bugatti Chiron. It was
3: extraordinary that how many how many people sort of forget that Bugatti probably owned more than one Chiron, and, and in fact we had three on the shoot as well. Because actually there was a point where it rained and we needed to dry the track. And the cars that had the most amount of lift, obviously, was the Chiron. So they would pull the water off the ground with. So we just sent out all these Chirons out, just like going up and That's down, That's amazing. <laughs> <stuff like> that. <laughs> Juan Pablo Montoya in the back of a Viano van watching narco,
5: <laughs> 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 <It was amazing. laughs> and he
3: just sort of sat there. Just it was it was brilliant, and it was a wonderful, yeah, really cool film. But I mean, it, you know, it was a film that was a, a really impressive feat of driving, and uh, you know. But the fun bit for us was we got to create that sort of single shot, which kind of went completely viral. And now I think the film's on sort of you know, fifty-five million views oh, wow. or something. Mm. Um,
4: so I mean, this, the question I got—I get asked a lot with my own shoots—and I'm now going to ask you because mm. I always struggle to answer it some of the best and most memorable wonderful experiences that you've had because you must have you must have been around the world doing all of all of these things and are there any moments or or videos that you just think that i'm going to take that and hold it in a special place in my heart because that was a special moment i mean for a start this you know the most recent video your sterling moss video so that must have been you must have some fantastic moments in that
3: that was a real pinch yourself moment and to sort of explain what happened, we got commissioned by a company called Foxtrot Papa to, um, and Jaguar to go and make a documentary, which was originally supposed to be sort of a three-to-five-minute mm-hmm. film about the invention of the disc break. And most of the stuff I do it tends to be kind of like a bit glitzy and a little bit sort of like o- OTT or, you know, quite mechanically fast. But this was my first, like, a real chance to get into some story and really kind of meet people and create story and work around it. And we ended up... Um, Spending a month with Sir Sterling Moss, um, we end, um, St, uh, Sir Norman Os uh, OBE, uh, and then um, Derek Bell, uh, Murray Walker, Martin a f- Brundle, a few big names. It, it, then. Goes, <laughs> it goes on. And on. It, I mean, it was it was just just absolutely ridiculous. And obviously, Sterling was um, it was just on the sort of the tipping point where Sterling had had his accident, and fallen down a lift shaft, mm-hmm. and he was kind of. Um, Mending himself, he was sort of mended again. But that was sort of, I think, I think that was. I'm not. I'm not really in the place to say, but it was probably sort of the last era of Sterling being fully able to, you know, be mo- fully mobile and walk around and sort of. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, and we sort of, you know, we took him to Brescia for the start of the Milimiglia. Mm-hmm. I've sat in his home. We've interviewed him, you know, and that sort of thing. While Susie sort of made us gin and tonics constantly, <laughs> absolutely ruined by the Bless end of that um, And uh, yeah, I got a photo of my. Old BMW X five wedged in his drive in his house, you know, because there was nowhere to park outside. So he said, "I'll oh, just chuck it." And then so we were moving like these scrapbooks of amazing Formula One history just out of the way, so I can wedge my stupid car in his, <laughs> in his house. And you know, he's there in his Rory the race car braces and next to his piano. I think he's got this amazing picture. I think it's you know, Diane Washington, or I think it is. Uh, and just above his own. and is he's such a, an amazing character. But you know, I think. Um, the biggest pinch ourselves moment was uh, with Sterling, where we were um, we had a very sort of private, intimate moment when we were at Reims. Now, mm. obvi- yes. I'm sure, obviously, a lot of car people here come back from cross continental Europe journeys, and you stop at the Reims yes. pit lane. It's incredibly iconic. It's very beautiful, and it doesn't half light well when the sun goes down. Oh yes, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, d- I don't know what angle it is, but that sort of like south. Northwest facing road, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, just lines up everything beautifully for a sunset. So we're there on the start line with this C-Type. There's no permission to be there or anything, but it's just me, Bryn Musselwhite, my producer, Andrew Frankel, who owned C-Type, still does, And the C-Type, this car is very significant because this is the very, very first car, the actual car, the exact chassis that won on disc brakes, the first motor race to win on disc brakes. Now, oh. the significance of that is that every single car in the world now has disc brakes. Mm-hmm. And we kind of all owe our lives at some point to a car that stopped when we managed to stop quicker than the car in front did and we didn't crash into the back of it. And all of that stems from directly from Sterling Moss and Norman Dewis who worked at Jaguar, developing this Dunlop disc brake for a car. And that's the story that we were telling. And we had this moment where Sterling is in the sunset. Just next to this C type, and um, just uh, this kind of peacefulness around us. And it's just, I just asked Sterling, can you just sort of just look around and take it all back in and sort of see the world? And he just was absolutely transported, you know, the, the view down the camera. Because the, the weird thing is, when you film something, you're looking at it on a screen. And this is one of the frustrating things about anything, and I'm sure you have the same thing. You actually want to look at it with, with your own, own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm looking at it on this tiny little screen yeah. going, I hope that's in focus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and Sterling's just ta- you know, taking in... A, you know, we ended up envisaging sounds of like race cars driving by and old crowds and stuff like that, and old Pathé radio noises over the top. And that was probably, I think, one of the most magical moments of just... In, you know, it's it was a dramatised moment, but it was the real deal, the real car, the real person, the last time anything like that that ever happened um, with, you know, arguably one of the, probably the one or second best, uh, best
2: racing drivers of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm. There are very special moments when you make content, whether it's films or radio or whatever, wh- which, like you've just had, where you feel this incredible ownership of the emotion of the moment Mm. because he had that experience and you captured it because of something you arranged because of fluke or chance or whatever but he wouldn't have been there without you the cameras wouldn't have been there without you the circumstance wouldn't have happened without you so that phenomenal moment that's etched into your memory that's all because of you and it's an incredible thing to have ownership of isn't it it's an incredibly sort of you're very proud you're very humbled about it i'm not specifically saying you won is when you have moments mm. like that and those are the bits that you think of when life's a bit shit mm. you kind of yep. go do you know what i was able to do that and that was really cool
3: <laughs> to to meet him and sort of chat with him and and literally sort of talk bollocks as well because the man could give amazing banter back to you as well you know he wasn't he he was he was he was when he on his on his good days he was so sharp that said, at Reims we as well. We say that about John sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> yeah. a good day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, did ha- we did, you know, after this wonderful moment where I think all of us took a big breath afterwards and, you know, wiped that slight tear from your eye, um, Sterling was like, okay, Sterling, and cut, thank you. And he's like, excellent. Start sort of wandering around. And this Renault Modus, driven by an insane Frenchman doing a thousand miles an hour with an, like, a busted manifolding <laughs> comes along and nearly wipes Sterling out <laughs> his <water> <sighs> and at that point we were thinking oh my god we wouldn't even be named in the paper. <laughs> like, like British motor racing legend killed by Renault uh, Motors. <laughs> <Modus.
0: laughs> we had
3: this other moment at the same shoot where we said like okay Sterling we need you just to drive off into the sunset and He did not return. <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking, right, okay, he's in a priceless Jaguar C-type. <laughs> I don't know what the insurance situation is, but, you know, it's me. Who cares? And, um, and by the way, for all the insurance companies listening, I am rectifying that. <laughs> the, uh, and then we're thinking, mm, it's been about two minutes now. Sterling should definitely be back. Yeah, it's it's f- not a long straight, straight <laughs> is it? <laughs> the great thing about the C-type, though, is it's very loud. So yeah. when you can hear something a long way away, and you're thinking, oh dear, that's <laughs> not coming back, is it? <laughs> now, you can go up the stairs at Ringspit Lane. You can, yeah. Where you can see the auto route. Yeah. Where we could also see Sterling Moss driving along. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh, no.
5: <laughs> he managed to
3: join the auto route. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it took about 15
3: minutes for him to come back.
4: Did you have to go and collect him? I
3: can't exactly remember the <laughs> turn of events, but I
0: know that there was a lot of scrambling to the <laughs> Toyota Land Cruiser to go and find...
4: Find mo- Sterling.
0: <laughs> lizard. Yeah. It's yeah. So that, so, that's the kind of moment where you get a phone call from, from a loved one, like your dad phones you or something. You go, dad, sorry, I'm going to have to call you back. I'm just trying to find Sterling Martin, a D-type, somewhere no, not, in
5: Ringu. um very
3: busy. <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah, but moments like that have popped up all around the place and you know meeting like actual gangsters around Venice and oh, all wow. sorts of random things you know just little moments I think that's the thing with cars isn't it that cars are actually rarely about the machine itself oh, yeah. it's the people and the stories that yeah. are around oh, the right. course, completely. and cars just happen to be the vehicle no pun intended to mm-hmm. drive that that sort of like story isn't it you know it's, it's well
2: it's, you find the kindred spirits mm. you know and and you know that I mean you're The nice thing for you is you're making content for a an audience that wants it, Mm. you know, because partly because you've got the reputation, et cetera. But you know, when you talk about the people that don't get it, the people that don't understand that making a car video is a living, Mm. there are far more people that more than get it; they want it and they're hungry for it. And so you must have a great sense of satisfaction every time the phone rings and says, "Right, listen, Al, we've got a whatever it might be." And I'm assuming most of the calls or emails that you get. Start with the detail on the car, presumably. Well, a lot of the
3: time, I don't even know what the car looks like until I turn up on set. Because obviously we're dealing with prototype cars. And they're not going to start sending a man who lives in Birmingham some pictures of some incredibly rare supercar that will absolutely wipe out the current sales of the current car, Mm. which is obviously what most people are trying. to. Because if you're working sort of three to six months in advance of a car coming out, they don't want people to know that it exists yet mm-hmm. because obviously the second that that car materializes, that's the moment where people stop buying the current one or they want it really cheap. Yeah. So, um, but I think we always, the, the, I think it's the fun is going like, we've got this car, it's going to be like this, let's do something fun. And I think that moment of creation is kind of how do we make the story work or how do we make the, the product work? And it's such an emotive thing and everyone's got an idea about what they want from a car and what they want to um, do with it. And, you know, my mother, for example, can't understand the concept of more than one vehicle that you own. The, why do you need more than one car? <laughs> I said, well, because <laughs> you need one car to go to the Nürburgring, and that's a long way away. <laughs> You need one car that's not quite so... Hard on suspension, (laughs) but that's more of a GT car. So that's, you know, and then, but then I've got like my sort of UK circuit car because, you know, you don't want the GT3 is too fast for a lot of the UK tracks. Yeah. yeah. And my friend, you know, I want to hang with my friends, but I can't go drifting in that because it's front wheel drive. So I need a rear wheel drive car. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously winter comes around and, you know, you're not driving any of those cars in winter. So, (laughs) Um, and then she said, and that's that's the whole thing. So everything is built around emotion. And um, I love that kind of moment where you can talk about emotion through the visual representation of something because yeah. um, you can really make you know people's hairs stand on ends with just like the rev of an engine
5: mm.
3: pretty hard to do that with an electric car these days but you know
4: yeah how would you with so with the electric side of things and obviously there's there's with with video it's not just about video but also the sound and 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 everything about it how do do you when you're making videos around electric vehicles are you having to work in a different creative way to try and get that same emotion across
3: it's really hard you know um so i studied music and sound at university and um sound i genuinely think is 50 percent of a visual moving image yeah. I think it's it's the thing that you know whether it's the music that drives it or whether it's the soundtrack you know it grounds everything if you watch a fight scene without music it just looks like people slapping each other mm. but you know and those if you listen to if you listen to a, an amazing like film if you watch like 1917 or Dunkirk or something but on laptop speakers it loses everything yeah. no matter how good the visuals are no matter how immersive all that is electric cars <sighs> And I think everyone's discussed this endlessly, but again, an electric car, I think it's going to be a very long time for me before they're anything other than impressive things that go quickly and do things, but they're not emotional. Mm. I don't that once you got over the comedy factor of it doing a launch and doing zero to 60 miles an hour in a second, which you can't do all the time. because otherwise you start feeling sick
5: <laughs> or you
3: normalize it. And now yeah. no cars feel fast. Yeah. That's right. Um, to turn that into visuals, I've, funnily enough, just done a Honda City E commercial. And, you know, the the fun of that car is that it's a tiny, amazing-looking little car with a really tight turning circle. And we had a you know Formula One driver driving it around the little tally Italian streets and stuff like that. Cool. And that is, that's where the fun of that car came from. Because it's like a little thing that's scamping around having a nice time. Mm.
5: It's
2: a cute little thing. I enjoyed driving it. It was quite mm. fun. Yeah,
3: it's, it's, yeah. a it's. It's a fun car. It's and they I mean, the styling's unbelievably brilliant. But whether you're wanting to go and drive that car, to drive it, to enjoy it, to move it around, mm. I don't know. And I don't I still haven't figured out how to like but then put I guess that into visuals yet.
0: The people that are looking at that advert with the consideration of buying that particular car, they're probably not the people that have fantasy dreams about ripping through valleys and driving mountain passes and stuff like that if i commuted
3: in the city i would love a honda city i agree Mm. absolutely and as an a to b commuter car i think electric cars are incredible and i I think i probably would have an electric car as my daily Mm. if i didn't do 300 mile and 300 journeys 300 mile journeys quite often Mm. and i still suffer from that range anxiety problem yeah (sighs) how do you turn that into video though i don't know i mean at the moment they've got this, they've got the styling looking pretty good mm. and that obviously is great for the photography side as well so you've got the cars looking cool so moving them around and sounding cool and trying to tell people that it's it's going to make your heart race i don't know yeah
4: is that some more of a musical soundtrack comes into play rather than yeah. using the, the well
3: but the, the you know the emotion is in the you know the noise of a car is is its voice isn't it mm. like you can't get over even if you put and this is this is getting quite geeky now. You can take exactly the same car, you put an induction kit on it, you change the tone of the car and the feel of the car, mm. and all of a sudden it have got that like whole extra level of harmony. A new dimension opens up, doesn't it. it? Exactly. And then you put an exhaust on it, and then you mm. put lightweight or strip it out, and all of a sudden this car is turning into this brand new thing, and there's mm. so much nuance going on to it. And then I drove, what was I drove the other day? I drove um, the Toyota Supra around the Nürburgring, the new one.
4: Just the other day. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: Shout out to Paul Cowlan for letting me the uh, letting Are like you one of yeah. Cowan's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. are yeah, yeah. not allowed
2: to that. say it because John will think we're being sexy <laughs> <laughs> One of the pack, is marine. Um, I the, like Paul a lot. He's yeah, a good guy. He's, he's okay. And
3: don't give him too much credit. The, <laughs> um, but I drove that super around yeah at the ring and I have to say, the sound of it drove me insane. It's it's a it's a BMW engine as we all know. But it got piped, synthesized sound. Now, even then, that, I know that is...
2: I've just watched John Markar shudder in the yeah. corner <laughs> of my eye. Because
3: you had
0: the same problem with a car. I not car
3: you were I've done a Was it e well, or something? Recently, recently
0: I recently went on a BMW press day where they yeah. gave us a, a, a fleet of cars, go and drive these cars. And I was in the... It was the new 5 Series, so it wasn't even the M. It was the, it was the M Sport version, so it was the slightly posher version, but it wasn't, you know wasn't the M5 and even in that hard acceleration it had what you can only describe as comedy car sound effects being played through the speakers and I'm sat there thinking Who like is Gran this Turismo for? yeah yeah exactly yeah. not even a new Gran Turismo
2: so I have a question about this then mm. if they're playing it through the speakers can you turn it up and down
0: supposedly yes that's, but even, a,
2: that's even more ridiculous but Renault yeah, Clio
0: you can change the sound you can
3: make
2: that's it a right. Formula 1 car Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Renault Clear, genuinely built choice.
0: into the dashboard you can go through the infotainment system and say just for a laugh I want my car to sound like a 1965 F1 car Renault F1 car wow and it blazed through the speakers and I get I kind of get that comedy factor because mm-hmm. that is something you would do with your mates in the car go hey, look at this and turn that on but when you're driving along, and yeah, for me, driving is a very emotive experience. I purposefully, the cars that I enjoy driving most frequently, and the same for motorcycles, they sound a particular way. <laughs> My M Coupe has individual throttle bodies. I like to hear that when accelerating. When you suddenly get into a car that has undoubtedly had millions and millions of pounds spent on it from an engineering point of view to make the engine run a particular way, to make the exhaust note sound a particular way, To then suddenly just plumb in some car sound, some comedy car sound effects, Mm. it is utterly bizarre. I don't, I still don't know who that's for and who it's benefiting. (laughs) I think it's it's almost that whole vinyl,
3: CD, MP3 thing Mm. because a vinyl still has all of those like analog noises, and you know your vinyl version of this track will not sound like my vinyl Mm -hmm. and neither will yours and neither were yours and then if we suddenly swap vinyls but keep our same players they'll sound different again
5: mm-hmm.
3: and that's also really cool and that's the same with cars but you know the the piped in noise it, it, i can see it working if it didn't sound like an absolute bag of
0: um rubbish
2: <laughs> because
0: like it's it's but clearly a lot of people don't mind because they I remember when B- I think BMW were the first to do it. They must have on a big must commercial have
2: level, kind of tested when yeah, the audience people, would be. Yeah.
0: And I "That's this say good? Let's go.
5: But <laughs> I remember hearing it for the first
0: time and thinking, "Oh God, what a ridiculous! Like people are going to moan about this, and that that, don't, that won't be around for the next era." And that was probably about five years ago. And since then, maybe three, yeah, well, three or four different design have come
3: through. Cars today are not very good. Yeah, no, you're All right. Cars? Most really, yeah. In comparison like, to... i tell you what it is. It's the cars, actually, the cars are great. It's, it's the fact that now that not only we've got to deal with synthesized sounds, but you can't drive a car anymore. Mm. I feel like every time I get into anything new, all the controls are taken away. I was driving yeah. a VW Touran back from Scotland, a rental car, mm. and it has so many driver aids on that I actually thought... I mean, okay, radar-guided cruise control. Yep. Sounds great, Okay until you just want to drive a car on a yeah. motorway. And if you so much as, like, have a lorry, yeah. 10 miles on the horizon, yes. the car does an emergency stop on the motorway.
4: let me keep you safe there. And yeah. you're just like, it's yeah. t- 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 half a mile away. But when you're
3: trying to just overtake, you know, yes. you're the only other car on the motorway. And I thought, like, okay, well... You haven't if I, used it, the
0: indicator. Yeah, to, yeah,
3: but it doesn't... Sometimes, even then, that's still... There's another, like, level of safety, which yeah. doesn't... And it's infuriating. And then, if you're trying to, like, exit a motorway... And you're trying to go off a slightly odd slip road with maybe some strange road markings on the lane assist thing. Basically, mm-hmm. tries to swerve you back onto the on motorway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who the blind spot indicator? Every time you go near someone, and the car's beeping like it's about to blow up. Like yeah. Just who are these? No, are we are we that bad
5: now?
0: Yes.
3: Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But the sad truth Very is, nice I scene. think
0: the average motorist. You know, we, we Al and I live in a. Um, quite a hilarious part of Birmingham where we—well, uh, well, strictly speaking, we don't live in Birmingham, but we live very close yeah. to a hilarious part of Birmingham where the driving standards are questionable. Let's let's—it's the worst it might like, seem. <laughs> yeah, I've driven in Saudi Arabia and India and felt less at risk yep. of driving on the road than <laughs> I feel in that Ring particular road. corner of Birmingham where we drive. And <laughs> it's um, <like> unpredictability. <laughs> yeah, <that. laughs> it, is,
3: it is. Did you know in India
0: that it's all chaos? except
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. for yeah. the chaos. But it's the spur it's... of under, but, like random.
0: Chaos. Unfortunately, I do believe that the average driver now is so used to just technology taking care of everything. Um, You know, it's the reason that we have to put warnings on the back of packets for food that we microwave. It's going to be hot when you take it out. Of course it's going to be hot when you take it out. (laughs) That's why I put it in the microwave. But, you know, cars are the same now. It has to be kind of foolproof because everyone's so used to doing that. And you and I, we both enjoy driving cars and Amy as well perfect example Mm -hmm. we all drive cars from a certain era yes. and it's kind of I still believe the golden era of cars is mid to late 90s early noughties that's my sweet spot for a car that will you can drive every day is comfortable does cool things and makes cool noises and doesn't have any interference with computers trying to stop you doing things gives you the the basics and make some some
3: ABS and maybe a bit
0: of traction control yeah exactly that is all you ever need as far as I'm concerned in a car the minute a car is trying to Keep me safe by firing me into the hard shoulder or slamming the brakes yeah, on it's when a cardboard not close in the road. I've ever done
3: where I've used a set of brake pads. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but
0: like, you're right. Yeah, modern cars in comparison are just a bit rubbish. And I think there are so many sad, saddening factors that are doing that. But of course, it's a world that's not going to change.
3: Because I mean, you say you're, you're rolling around in a nice, brand new Volvo,
4: right? Right now, yes, yeah. I am. Yes.
3: So. Yeah. so and that car, like, is the epitome of safety. It's classy. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Like, it works. It's great. But I think that's when the technology is working good. Yep. It works good. Mm-hmm. But when you're in this, this Turan was obviously just like the most bogo spec thing. But it had like every safety feature on it that you could possibly have, and it just was. I was. Desperate to turn it off, and I'm going through these menus, mm. and you know, trying to read this indecipherable graphic on the yeah, dashboard yeah. about like how I, I tried to set the distance as close as I could to the car in the front, <laughs> so that it would have some effect. Doesn't really help. Doesn't really make that much difference. Mm. It just makes it more annoying. Um, and you're sort of thinking like, I'm just people are going to get used to this. And this is how... I mean, why isn't there an aid to move you back out of the middle lane? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good idea.
4: If anyone's listening, they they need to do that.
0: You get a coffee
3: break warning, so why not a thing that says, hey, you've been in the middle lane for some time. you're being a moron.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So are
0: you saying... So I guess getting back to the filming side of things, do you think that filming for you from a... Because you you obviously surround surround yourself in the world of motoring and, and you've chosen cars and the, and the automotive world to for your career in filming. Um, how do you see the future? Because cars, as you say, are getting more and more boring and a little bit dumb and, and null when it comes to actually being able to drive them. Do you see that as a challenge for making an exciting film about new cars?
3: Very much so. There's there's a lot of things. I mean, you can go it's very, very multi-layered, but um, we are unfortunately well and truly at the end of the combustion mm. supercar as we know it. And um, I think everything that's coming from pretty much next year onwards will be battery-powered and motorised somewhere as well. Mm. There's going to be very, very few companies left able to produce the true... I, I suspect it will be, you know, again, and, and I'm sure, you know, people know about this stuff way better than I do. But as a result, people are trying to now make the high, the best stuff they can mm. before we reach that moment. So,
0: And it's know, nice to see other... People, Gordon Murray is a perfect example, producing a recreation of the F1, the iconic supercar, the first hypercar, really, a lot of people say, don't they, from from the early 90s. And even Ineos Grenadier is another example. Mm -hmm. They're people that are... Going right, okay. The, the modern mass market world is getting pretty boring now, so perhaps we can cash in on that by making something cool. And I think we're going to see a lot more of those small sub brands. You know, Ariel did it. Ariel were yeah. kind of ahead of their time in the sense of making really cool track focused cars because they realised that the, the the average car is now getting pretty dull, and they, as a result, have almost become a large scale manufacturer because so many people are now buying their cars. It's crazy, and I know that Caterham would be in the background going like,
3: "What
5: about us? We've been doing." and <laughs> but,
3: um, but you and know exact yeah, yeah, yeah. good point yeah. yeah but Lotus really good example of someone who's you know they've always made incredibly pure but usable cars you know with real roofs and stuff mm. and then right. now we've got a 2000 horsepower electric car
2: yeah. well yeah but they are owned by somebody else now
3: that's true yeah. that's true but uh, again i i do think that yeah, trying to get that emotion into stuff, and then still give that messaging across that. Oh, by the way, you can plug it in, and it's a hybrid. Mm. Is kind of just goes like, here is this really cool thing, but just a moment of your time while we go through some parish news, mm. and it's kind of like, <laughs> by the way, you can save the planet too.
2: And what you're saying is, it's like the hot priest from Fleabag, <laughs>
3: but without any of the hotness. I don't know. It just <laughs> the the. I think. Do you think though that you? it all feels a bit
0: like they're trying to do too much to make everything. I've I've come up with an epiphany, which is potentially a good way to end this podcast, which is there's a reason that your films are so good. And there's a reason that so many people around the world enjoy watching your films. And there's a reason that so many manufacturers pick up the phone to see your films or, or for you to make their films. And I firmly believe that the reason for that is because there is minimal interference from the creative moment that you get sent the car or the car arrives and you start to plan in your head how the film is going to look. There is minimal creative interference from that point through to the final product going out on the screen because ultimately it's all you. You haven't got a team of PRs or a team of engineers or you know people standing behind going, oh, actually maybe maybe it should look different. Maybe it should do. It, it should be that because you are ultimately a very small team. It's often yourself, it's Bryn, maybe a couple of other camera operators and all of what's created is because of your small team. I think modern cars these days are so fiddled, fiddled with and there are so many different departments that are trying to approve this from the styling to the way it drives to the way it sounds. Oh, we should have more sounds. You've got to and, please
3: everybody. You have. You have. Yeah.
0: you have. And I think that's the reason that modern cars are so dull. But on the flip side, the reason that you're so successful and the reason your videos are so good is because you've got the complete opposite of that. It's ultimately a bit like we are now, sat in a room just going, should we make it look like that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Done. Finished. Rebel against the messaging. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah.
3: And long may it continue. And I think people will always want to drive cars and have fun with them. And people will always try and make cars to allow people to have fun with them. Mm. We've just got to make sure that we can show people that you can still have fun with cars. And we may not be able to do it much on the road anymore, but... Um, you know, there are still places in the world you can go and take these amazing things. And I just, yeah, I just, I'll be a very sad person the day that the, uh, the, the engines stop making that amazing noise when you turn it on.
0: Okay, so well, let's imagine we've got somebody at home listening right now mm. who's got an amazing old supercar or classic car going, oh, look, you know, this guy clearly doesn't want to make films about brand new Range Rovers or anything. I want him to come and film me driving my 917 Porsche around Magni Core. Sounds good. How do they get in contact with you? Uh, you going?
3: could. Uh, I mean, you can find me on Instagram probably the best way, just at Al Clark. Got in there early. <laughs> um,
0: S- slip into
3: your DMs, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you'll find uh, plenty of pictures of Evos and...
0: <laughs> Freevos. We need to freevo, make freevo it very five. clear. Yeah. It's that's, a that's the easiest five. way to
3: get in contact with me is I'm probably on the Instagram. Search
0: for the hashtag uh, Freevo5. Yeah.
3: Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs>
2: Al, what a pleasure. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much for having and me. And I'm very pleased to say during the course of the last 20 minutes, I've won three cars. So. <laughs> That's brilliant. Congratulations. I could <laughs> believe for? that. I really could believe that. It's cost me nearly £15 pounds in effort. <laughs> well, I'm due to win yeah. a 600 hundred LT tonight, so... <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> well, we'll, we'll take it for a spin soon. Brilliant. Don't let John near it, though. Um, thank you very much. What a pleasure.
1: The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com.